Okay, listener, pop quiz. We watched a movie directed by Gary Marshall, starring Julia Roberts, Richard Gere. You got five seconds to think about it. Okay, time's up. You didn't get it. Whatever you said, it's the other one. (laughs) There's two of them. We watched them both. We're talking about them both. You, You messed up. You I'll, dropped the ball. I'll give I'll give you I'll give you the additional three seconds that Tyler didn't give you. <laughs> you ready? Think about it even harder. No, you got it wrong. No, nope. the other one. It was the other one. We went back to the first one again. <laughs> finally got the chance to watch pretty woman uh-huh. not expecting i would yep and i think i have more questions than answers okay and so i think i'm really going to need you to yeah. help me pick this apart I-, I will try my best and i'm hoping that the fact that you just also watched runaway bride yes will give us some additional think, context into the mind of gary marshall himself. i think it will help first off I'm just going to spitball and say, I think the pretty woman is Julia Roberts. I think Gary Marshall thinks that Julia Roberts is pretty. (laughs) So if that was one of your answers. Yeah, that was it. The titular character, I think it's Julia Roberts. Oh. So. Okay. Yep. (laughs) That's, that was literally the only question I had. (laughs) See you later, everybody. Okay, but you had questions. Yeah, I have... I I don't know if I even... What my questions are. Yeah. I just saw it. I I assumed it would be a very 80s movie. It came out in 1990, but it's still very spirit of the 80s. Mm-hmm. And it definitely was. Mm-hmm. But having watched it in 2020, 30 years out, it really... I think some of the big moments that really worked ring a little differently. Sure. And I wanted to try and work through it with you because i can't decide i was it an enjoyable movie yes Mm -hmm. i absolutely enjoyed it myself but thinking about it later i am like is this good is are these moments like earned isn't it weird that he pretty much just makes her fall in love with him by buying her a bunch of clothes (laughs) yeah (sighs) we got to talk about it yeah okay so for uh, i saw pretty woman like over five years ago okay so i well, have seen it but not for a long time i'll go through the basic plot yeah just for everybody here in case it's been a while since you've seen it i would recommend watching it well yeah. worth it mm-hmm. so the main character is played by richard gear and julia roberts are kind of the duo but you you're introduced to richard Gere's character edward lewis doesn't really matter yeah he's like a corporate writer he's one of those guys like mitt romney or whoever who yeah. They go in, they buy distressed companies, and they just sell off the parts and make a profit. Yep. In the 80s, that was cool. (laughs) Yeah. That was the hot new thing. Yes. He goes through a breakup like on the phone, and then he needs someone to go to dinner with him, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For like business reasons? Yes. Yeah. And he ends up in the red light district in LA and picks up julia roberts's character yep to 
essentially just drive the car for him because he doesn't know how to drive a manual. Oh, yeah. Yep. And and so she drives him to the hotel. She's kind of waiting around outside, and he's like, would you like to come in? Uh-huh. Well, how like incredibly smooth of him to do so. And he hires her for the night, and then he hires her for the week. Yep. He, he's paying her $3,000 to essentially hang out with him for the week. Yep. Then he spends... An absurd amount of money. He spends way more money on the clothes that she's wearing yeah. that she gets to keep mm-hmm. than he does on her paying her paying her, her yeah. services for ostensibly it's just awkward to say, but like, you know, he pays her like three thousand dollars to have sex with her and like yeah. for her to show up. Yeah. And then he spends a lot more money doing everything else, which that's an already I'm feeling conflicted. Yeah. And it's kind of a weird vibe, right? Because it's like He's kind of paying for, and I don't know if this is like a term that people actually use, but like the girlfriend experience, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. But she doesn't kiss anybody, right? While she's working. Right. That's like a that, whole That's her thing. one, that's her, their, her and her girlfriend, uh, that's their, their rule is. Yeah. We say, what is it? When we say who and we say how much. Yeah. And then uh, the other rule is no kissing. Yep. Because the that implies that you're being actually intimate with them or you're falling yeah. in love with them in some yeah. way so they keep doing their thing and and uh he takes her to a series of you know high-end fancy uh, events, events yeah uh meeting up with a with a business people and during the day while he's doing business she's responsible for going and finding clothes yep and she initially gets rejected from these places because she classics i think that's like 90 percent of the appeal for a lot of audiences right oh absolutely just that her shutting down snooty shop yep her going in getting rejected (laughs) having the very nice concierge at the hotel yeah help her out yeah and then her going back in and saying you messed up yeah i'm sure i'm sure we'll come back to it yes absolutely but so she's just responsible for going and buying clothes that's her whole thing and pampering herself yeah and then she shows up and she is uh not of a higher class and so she doesn't know how to use an escargot clamp or whatever (laughs) oh how dreadful yeah which is it's hilarious to assume that like all these guys's 21 year old dates that aren't prostitutes do know all of that stuff like yeah come on i guess (laughs) like these guys like he's a finance guy he's not like the prince yes right (laughs) (laughs) it's it is very (sighs) anyway it's it's interesting for sure (laughs) yeah ultimately he tells his lawyer played by jason alexander awesome which is also a great casting thing he was like just started seinfeld at that point yeah he tells him uh jason alexander's character knowing that kind of hits on her in a weird way Mm -hmm. like once you're done maybe we can have a business arrangement and then that kind of like gets creates a rift between him and his lawyer Mm -hmm. and uh meanwhile julia roberts convinces richard Gere to not break up the company that he's going after because he's met the you know she went to dinner with them oh yeah and she liked them and so you're, you know, you're doing this to a nice person. Be a human being. So yeah. she has changed him for the better because yeah. he decides not to break up the company. And then also, yep. and then Jason Alexander's character is mad and goes to the hotel room and tries to take advantage of her. Richard Gere comes in and does the heroic, like, punches him in the face. and Classic. And uh, But that's not the end. Then she leaves Ooh. because he wants to just, like, be with her for real. Yeah. But she realizes that, like, 
it would just be I'd just be living in an apartment here and you'd be traveling all over and I would never see you type of thing. Uh-huh. And then he goes and uh, rescues her for real or whatever. Yeah. Because uh, he he goes to her apartment and makes the big grand gesture. Yeah. And the whole last, the big last line that was so huge at the time was, and then she saved him right back. Who says that? Julia Roberts to, to him. Oh. So yeah. she's like doing narration? No, uh, it's, it it's fits better probably, in the scene. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's based on an earlier thing, probably. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. About how she, she didn't, that's not how she imagined her oh, like, yeah. getting swept off her feet would go. It, yeah. They're doing the Cinderella parallel. Honestly, you have my sympathy. I'm already thinking ahead of how I'm going to explain a similar situation <laughs> in Runaway Bride. But we'll continue on. Yes, uh, that's it. That's the end of the movie. Yeah. And uh, it's certainly enjoyable while you're watching it. Sure. But then I can't stop thinking about all the money involved. I just can't stop thinking about like the class system and how that yeah. works and how it really feels like he's taking advantage of her in a very weird way. Yeah. Of the fact that she needs money so bad. Well, she's taking it, he's taking advantage of her in an extremely literal way. Yes. That is, I'm sure, constantly written off as like him doing something nice. Yes, exactly. Uh, and like he has like all the power, and <sighs> she is kind of at his whim. Well, and him like, and the fact at, that he's nice doesn't yeah. really cut it. And him like buying her clothes and stuff, or directing her to go buy clothes. Yeah, she gets to keep it or whatever. I guess he doesn't have to do that, but it's like he's wanting her to buy clothes for things that he needs her for. Yeah, to like look you know presentable and everything sure and it's you know it's a job but it's also gets really messy when sex is involved yeah which it clearly is well yeah and that's the expectation as well so yeah i don't know like he's the power dynamic's so weird he's, he's basically not doing anything nice he's just refraining from doing things which are explicitly mean yes and i think that's where the comparison with him and the lawyer with jason alexander is so is that like this is what a scummy guy would do i was gonna ask you this so what is jason alexander's character's role in the story Apart from the scene towards the end, like is he like the devil on Richard Gere's shoulder? Not even as much. He's he's more of a rational guy than mm-hmm. Richard Gere is. Richard Gere's guy is like a big risk taker. You okay. know, he's just like, I'm just gonna go for it because mm-hmm. he's he's an adrenaline junkie. Like yeah. all these big things are he just goes from one thing to the next and he's like very excited to do it. Yeah. And he lives off of the thrill of like making the big gain or whatever. Sure. And Meanwhile, Jason Alexander's character is a, as his lawyer is like, oh, but like well, you got to think about this. You got to like, I'm worried about you for this yeah. thing. Um, so does he do that for both business and also for him hanging out with a prostitute? Yes, he's worried that this really looks bad that he's like bringing a prostitute along to a polo match or whatever. Yeah, and if someone find, found out, it would be bad. Yeah, and also he's worried that that Julia Roberts's character is making Richard Gere soft because he he wants. Because, you know, his money is yeah. based on... They're partners and they have a, probably a thing where one of them is the guy, the risky guy, and one of them is the other guy, you know, tries to rein him in maybe a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And she's ruining the dynamic, which would shut down the whole operation. Right. And so, in the end, when Richard Gere, instead of buying the company and selling it for parts, saying, like, what if we invest in the company again? <laughs> uh, you know, like, a, and a, a good thing... Sure. Jason Alexander's mad because yeah. that's not what the deal was. Yeah, that's not what we do here. Right. 
and he's also oh, irrationally mad because <laughs> because he thinks it's entirely Julia Roberts's fault. Yeah. Okay, we got to come back to some of that other stuff, but that's very funny to me. Just that, like, the whole um, character arc of this guy is... No, nah, he's not like a corporate raider. He's yeah. just like a regular, insanely rich investor. He's like one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's like, like very. Uh, well, that, that's what he turns into. But ultimately, yeah. yes. But that's whole... like the that's like the threat that the bad guy is like worried about, and it's like the thing that we're presumably rooting for. Like, oh, I want this guy to own my company. Yeah, <laughs> in like a nice way, though. <laughs> it's it just yeah. and like it is better but yeah yeah but especially in 2020 it just sucks like why are we oh, rooting yeah. for any of these guys yeah the fact that he's the hero maybe that's really my issue yeah is just that why 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 should i care about this guy yeah like <laughs> i get that he's like a nice guy but yeah. he sucks well even like that, everything his... that he's done up to this point that they tell us explicitly yeah and that the business people that he's going to buy out when he goes to dinner with them they're like this company's been in our family for generations uh-huh. like you know they're in trouble for outside reasons kind of yeah well even that he doesn't need to own the business well no he could, he could loan them money if they're struggling right <laughs> anyway no that's the thing is that like why should i root for this guy either way that's like, like an he's insane, got so much money yeah it's like such a ridiculous middle ground like compromise like how about i just own your company and not ruin it yeah right <laughs> Exactly. Like, I'm still coming out with everything, by the way. I'll have a majority share. I'm <laughs> yeah. a multimillionaire. It's a great analogy to him and Julia Roberts of him being like, how about this? Uh, I'll pay you yeah. to do to do my whims for a week. Yeah. And I'll even let you keep the clothes that I'm making you buy. <laughs> and I'm making you humiliate yourself to acquire, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I think you pretty much nailed it. That's what yeah. it is. It's just like such an absurd middle ground compromise of like, how about this? I'll control everything. Yeah. <laughs> and in the end... In return, I'll not do the worst case scenario <laughs> with it. That's that's it. That's all it is. Yeah. How Yikes. about I have all the power and you just cross your fingers that I don't suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. And, and yeah. And you have no recourse if I do. Yeah. Also He could have just like said, you know, what I mean, he could have just walked in and Jason and seen Jason Alexander like assaulting yeah. her and just done nothing. Yeah. But it, but the fact that he like did the like the decent thing yeah the like well, borderline what what you should have like the, absolutely what you should do like well and that's even the thing that no one expected to happen yeah I was just referring to the thing that that he even made a deal with Julia Roberts on presumably right. of like buying the clothes and her getting to keep it oh yeah or like you know and it's yes. like obviously paying her and it's just like how is like all like just going along with the rules that that the two of them made yeah i assume is basically why we're rooting for him by that point anyway that he's following the rules that he set up (laughs) yeah yeah and it's like he didn't just take advantage of the extreme power dynamic and just not do it you know (laughs) and and she you know and they set up where she she likes him the fact that she kisses him yeah which is the one big her she breaks her own rule because she like she loves him, yeah, and she says so after that, yeah. But which is funny because it's not like he tries to stop her from doing that, right? Or does he? Oh no, yeah. Nope. So <laughs> he just she kisses him and he's cool with it. Uh, I gotta say, also, this is kind of switching gears a little bit. Yeah, 
the fact that you said that one of his whole deal is that he's like this big risk taker right yeah really doesn't bode well for the ep- like after the movie oh no because presumably one of the main things he's in this relationship for is that she is an active working prostitute yeah that is working for him and he's in it for the excitement of seeing if she's actually gonna stick around right right well i mean maybe I don't know. That's got to be at least a little bit of it. It's tough to say. Richard Gere is such an interesting actor. Yeah. I could see after this movie why he was a big star. Sure. In the same way that I could see why this made Julia Roberts a big star. Yeah. This is such a good role for both of them. Mm-hmm. But I always feel like Richard Gere is so opaque. I can never quite tell. Yeah. I don't know if that's just something about him specifically. Mm-hmm. He has real squinty eyes, so I just <laughs> yeah. can't... He, he doesn't seem to inflect... He, do, he doesn't, like, speak with his face. He has... In the same uh, way, like, like, versus, like, Julia Roberts having, like, a huge mouth. And yeah. you just know immediately what she's thinking because yeah. you can he, just look at her mouth. He has a little bit of a... Well, and in both of these movies, it sounds like he has a little bit of a scoundrel with a heart of gold thing going, yes. kind of. Yeah. And I think he, he sells it pretty well. He does. Uh, well enough that it kind of glosses over the details. Yeah. Which me and you... I think have both enjoyed paying too much attention to. Oh, for like, sure. more attention than you're supposed to. We're not maybe the specific audience for this. Yeah. We went into it wanting to, like, find something weird Wanting to be it, skeptical. Clearly. And it was just there for us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I just think he is good at that. You're right. He is. And I can totally see why. I mean, there... We've talked about other movies where where we enjoy not thinking about it mm-hmm. for various things of why the oh, people like the you know absolutely so like if somebody well and fun fact he was a uh, people's sexiest man of the year or whatever okay. in 1999 yeah. the year the, the other one came out oh interesting so it's like um, obviously that's like a big publicist award yes but it's like I'm just gonna take everybody's word for it that you know. That's a selling point of him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and well, another interesting thing about it is that Julia Roberts was 21 when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. And he was like 40. Wow. Like, and, you know, I'm not going to wade into the morass sure. of, of like, it's not like, the recent yeah. uh, recent Twitter conversations about grooming and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But 20 to 40 is a huge gap in life experience. Yeah. And... They don't say don't, it in the movie, well, but it's... I don't think it's even required because in the movie, it it is already a situation where he's paying her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I guess also, you could add it on to and, the pile. But it's just... It is. It's another thing in the pile yeah. of of life experience, uh, class experience. Yeah. Just... There's so many... Yeah. There's so many the things that stack on top of each other of, of how <laughs> yeah. he is really coming at it from like such a higher position than she is yeah that this, that yeah. any one of them alone wouldn't necessarily be the only thing that would like make or break this yeah but all of them together look really bad do you think part of it is this is gonna be a weird comparison so I'm when, ready. when 50 shades of gray came out right yeah, sure there's a bunch of people talking about how why don't like they talk about consent or whatever or like this movie's like bad on this oh right? sure and it's like i feel like part of the movie is that it's a you know, it's like a fantasy, right? Yeah. And, and part of having a fantasy is that you're basically pretending. Sure. And like, if they were doing that in real life, you would want that. With you don't like within a fantasy do that. 
you don't go through all the like you don't like pretend that you're doing having yeah, those conversations you're right, right? totally and so i wonder for this movie if if it's like the target audience is people who basically would be think that's exciting absolutely and they wouldn't do that in real life and and on top of that there are there are the obvious like cinderella yeah. parallels or in or like my fair lady yeah that type of thing too where the whole point is that the she is being brought up to this different class that she never thought that she'd be available and to get to so, and she wants that and she's such a likable special person that she can yes. pull it off basically yep. yeah or that, like endear herself that so that well the person that's bringing her up also wants this for yeah. her and I, it's weird it maybe it's just extra weird that they made her actually be a prostitute yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe that's part of why it's weird is because it makes it seem like people... It seems like a barrier for people to be like, that's me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> right, totally. Uh, and it's, mentally, at least. And it's very transactional. Like, yes. The transaction they is... They openly talk about it. Baked into the initial premise. Yeah. That's... Yeah, there's something about that. And clear, But apparently it worked. Apparently I mean, it wasn't that big of a barrier. Or there was I something guess. else people liked about it. I don't yeah. know. Maybe well, way I mean, off, I mean... Think about it's when this came out in 1990. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. Like, like prostitution wasn't like an open thing, and uh, you weren't talking about it in the same way that like yeah, like now people weren't trying to use different nomenclatures for it to try to like make it seem nicer to them. Right. Absolutely. Or something. Yes. Uh, people were a lot more work, crass about it. Sex work wasn't legitimized in a way to, to even talk about it in a way that it is in 2020. Yeah, it wasn't even an attempt, I suppose, and probably. It was part of the attention grabbing part of it. Absolutely. Maybe I, maybe it just maybe they pull it off just because people already liked Julia Roberts. Well, this was like her big break, right? Oh, okay, maybe so, yeah. I I do think that one of the things is that uh, the script was way darker initially, yeah. and they oh, okay. really brought it around when Gary Marshall got a hold of it. I think, or yeah. and one of the writers, they took out a lot of the the stuff that would be too sad, like how she's addicted to crack. Got it. And yep. uh, made made it, you know, the whole, we choose when, we choose who, we choose how sure. much. They probably made, sanitized. They gave the, her they gave her agency, ultimately, yeah. which is, I think, why it does work. Yeah. And that she is still, she's still choosing it. She can walk out at any time. And they probably didn't explore the implicit threat involved. Right. They don't. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. I think... Um, that was mm. a, that's no that's a good thing to think about is that she ultimately does have agency, it's or at just, least it's portrayed that way. Yes, it's per, thank it, you. Yes, what, that's yeah, better. like it's portrayed in a way that is not realistic. It doesn't seem inherently predatory the way they show it. Yeah, and now you Large know obviously through the likability of everyone involved. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, and actually, I suppose the fact that Jason Alexander's character kind of takes it to that place and richard gear explicitly stops it yes is i think a thing of like like them almost acknowledging that is a thing but yep not with these people right you yeah know? yeah like, true he's basically in that scenario saving her from the reality of the job yeah so like yikes yeah it's something else um <laughs> gary marshall really cranked that into a weird hit yeah. Um. And a little side note on Gary Marshall. This mm -hmm. is the same guy who was kind of responsible for like Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy, a bunch of like 70s and 80s, like feel good. Yeah. He worked on, I mean, like 
I love Lucy and Gomer Pyle and stuff too. Yeah. And then he kind of transitioned into directing movies and mm-hmm. in the, you know, with Pretty Woman and the next one we're going to talk about. Yep. Runaway Bride. Which I'm so curious about. Oh boy. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, keep I, going. Uh, you know, just those other ones really got, he kind of mastered the feel good formula. It seems like. Yeah. Princess or Princess Diaries. Oh uh, yeah. Um, and then later the like Labor of- Day, uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah, the like holiday-based, too huge of a cast. Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, Mother's Day. Everybody falls in love. Or yeah, whatever. the sort of trying to recreate the success of Love Actually. Yeah, one that he but didn't. American. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just doing the American version. Movie of, of that. too many stars. Movie of too many stars. <laughs> Runaway Bride. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm going to try to not go through the every plot point of the movie. Oh, for There's sure. There's a lot That's of fine. plot in this movie. Yeah. Um, so we open on Richard Gere. His character is named Ike. I already um, hate it. In all my notes, they're Ike and Maggie. So okay. I might actually refer to them by their characters. That's names, great. Which you don't normally do. I'm fine with that. So Ike is just this... Um, He's a he's an asshole. Okay. He's a journalist for the USA Today. He lives in New York. He's this classic New Yorker who's just like yelling at people all the time. Just like getting in arguments with his doorman. Like, hey, I'm walking here. That yeah, basically, of... hey, I'm walking here. Cool. He writes articles about like relationships, like opinion articles. And Ugh. he is known for going on these anti-women tirades which (laughs) which he likes to portray like he likes to describe them differently he thinks he's just being real or whatever and so he's basically in this bar he's got like half an hour to his deadline and he hasn't done anything and he's just like racking his brain for ideas asking random strangers random questions on the street to try to come up with an idea and this guy in this bar says, hey, I got one for you. There's this woman in a small town in Maryland who has left her fiance at the altar three times. Oh, no. And isn't that crazy? That sure is crazy. Richard Gere takes this man at his word completely, <laughs> sets immediately to writing an article disparaging this woman as being, you know... Yeah. Awful and a man hater and whatever else. This is just catnip to him, basically. Also just exaggerates the number of times that she's been engaged to oh. like ten or something. Um, so he's just a bad journalist. He's a bad journalist. He does a bad job at it. Yeah. And people dislike the things that he writes. Like <laughs> there's like a montage of like, you know, when the article comes out of yeah. like people like you know, of like going through the article with different characters in different settings, like reading it aloud to themselves, yes. you know, that classic scene. Mm-hmm. And it's like all the women are like, have a scowl and are mad. Uh-huh. And and like half the guys are like, uh-huh, and like half of them <laughs> just have no reaction. So like right off the bat, this guy sucks. Yeah. Turns out the girl who is Julia Roberts, Maggie is her character's name. Maggie gets the article writes an yep. angry letter to the uh, editor of the newspaper who is a woman asking for this guy to asking for a correction to be written in for this guy to get fired. Rock on. Turns I'm already on her side. The editor is Richard Gere's ex-wife. 
And she okay. does, in fact, have to fire him. <laughs> Incredible. So she does. So Richard Gere's ex-wife editor works very closely with, I think her co-editor is like her now husband. Okay. Who Richard Gere is also friends with. This, this is very incestuous. It's so convoluted already. Yeah. And we're like 10 minutes in. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. This co-editor guy or whatever job he has, he takes her to your side and says, hey, here's the deal. If you follow up on this, we're issuing a correction. If you follow up on this and actually get a good thing out of it, if and like we might be able to, you can redeem yourself kind of. So Richard Gere goes to the small town in Maryland with the idea that he's going to get the story uh-huh. for real this time and redeem himself and get his job back. <laughs> this is so, this is, there's, it's a mess. The way for this to even take place, there's so many things that had to go wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or right or whatever. And like they kind of, it's weird because... I kind of can't decide if they're trying to portray him as being down on his luck or not. Because yeah. it seems like he is, but also it's all his own fault. He just does a really bad job and he just doesn't yeah. care so about like, who doing cares a good at that job. Point, yeah. yeah. And it's like he's stressed out and he's got a deadline and stuff, but it's like he he knows that he's doing it. Cool, you missed the deadline, yeah. buddy. So anyway, so he goes to the small town, uh, you meet Maggie. Yep. You meet her friends. Maggie okay. is like, she has this very weird, she just ha- owns this business where she fixes things, just like whatever. Okay. Like. Give me an example. She, I think you come in and she's fixing like a lamp. Um, At one point, uh, you, she, you meet her best friend because she has to go in and fix her friend's like hairdresser chair, like revolving chair. So she's just a she's handy. very handy. She fixes a car at one point oh, later okay. in the movie. Nice. So she's just a general, you know, fix things. She also makes things in a more like artistic way. Ah. Like she'll make like a chandelier out of like car parts or something. She's I don't know. She's an artiste. Yeah. So anyway, you meet her. You meet her friend. You meet her fiance, who is kind her of the, her current fiance, who is played by the uh, the cook. In Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, Christopher Maloney. Yes. Awesome. He's like this jock type coach who's like giving inspirational talks all the time to people. Uh Uh-huh. And he's a nice guy, but also in like a corny way, though. Okay. So that's like his like, you know, positives and negatives, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, it's just a whole, man, I'm really trying hard to not give the entire plot of the movie but it's so hard yeah it's just so much happening so okay. because all the steps individually are so interesting and, yeah and it's like, so why did they choose it's this? so required they're all so weird and they're also required to understanding people's motivations at any time mm-hmm. okay so then a big chunk of the movie like the middle like th- the not quite middle third but you know um a third of the movie roughly is you finding out that maggie sucks all the ways that she sucks okay and all the ways that she is a joke to this whole town nice because she's been she has been engaged three times mm-hmm. and left all three of them at the altar literally yes so um and she's on number four she's engaged for the fourth time gotcha and so like her dad makes jokes all the time her um like so 
Richard Gere shows up in town. The first thing he does is try to find her. Mm-hmm. And he goes into this hairdressing place where she's at. Fixing the hair. Fixing the chair. chair. And basically her and her best friend, who is Joan Cusack. Oh, nice. Yeah. They do some shenanigans where they like say that they'll that she'll answer all the questions that he has if they uh can give it while they're giving him a haircut like as like a uh it's so dumb i feel so stupid explaining it but it's just like he they know who he is yes. but but he thinks that they think that he's just some reporter oh got it so they're all like we'll answer whatever questions you have while you get a haircut and he's like fine and they like dye his hair weird colors ah funny and it's a great prank so it's ultimately extremely rom-com behavior. Yes, it's something that can only happen in something like absolutely. A so like he goes, he like ingratiates himself to like her family and like her fiance, uh-huh. and like because he's this nice, charming guy. Yeah. So that's another big part of the movie is that he is okay. The term I want to use is charming sociopath, right? Yes. I don't know if that's like a legit psychological term or not and yet but in a in a cultural sense that's what they he is depicted as yeah and it's weird because they don't even try to hide that people tell him and people make comments throughout the movie like wow you make friends really fast Mm -hmm. and like he is insulting these people like to their face he's like making like snide side remarks about how like all of their accomplishments and dreams are all garbage because yeah. they live in a small town and he's this New Yorker and whatever. Ugh. And like, they kind of don't get it. Yeah. So Maggie is kind of the audience for all of these jokes uh-huh. and she gets them. And like part of the pull of the movie is that he's trying to pull her like to the city, I guess, or like trying to convince her to expand her horizons. Sure. But, like, he, the whole time, everyone knows, or at least he and Maggie both know, that he's just trying to get her to leave her husband again. Mm-hmm. She's trying. He's trying to convince her to bail again so he's vindicated ah. so he can write this article. Yes. That's, like, his whole pitch is that if she leaves her fiancé again, I'll be right. I'll have been proven right. <laughs> and my previous asshole article will be seen retroactively as being correct. Oh my. So this guy really sucks. So he really sucks. Everyone knows it. Uh-huh. And like they so basically like they reach a point where he is like going through and like finding her ex-fiancés. Oh, sure. And interviewing them about her and they're all mad at her so like they go along of with course. it. Of course. And she kind of finds out that why they all like didn't like her, or uh-huh. like why they're all mad. She's just like in denial that they're all mad at her. I guess. Oh sure, yeah. And so like, they reach a point where she's like, "Okay, you stop bothering everybody in my life, and I'll do an interview with you for real on the record, and you can pay me." Mm-hmm. So that's like <laughs> halfway through the movie. Sense the frustration so, in your voice. I really told myself that I was going to be able to describe this in a way that was faster than this. <laughs> so I'm just going to read a few things from my notes before I move on, which are ridiculous parts of the first half of the movie. I'm ready. Women just slap Ike at random or just in the fall street. in love with him at random, even if they know who he is. Seems like a very Gary Marshall thing to yeah, put in a movie. It's 
it's totally because like the the women are literally falling over themselves with like how hot he is oh or like they'll just go along like he they just give him things for free or a woman will just randomly slap him yeah there's no rhyme or reason to it it doesn't matter whether or not they're maggie's friends Uh uh-huh uh it makes no sense incredible um they have they go through he acquires all of maggie's wedding videos how does that happen he ingratiates himself with her why family does that somehow. happen yeah. her dad has them and her dad is very cavalier about the whole thing because it's like her fourth wedding got it okay um and they're all like professional level quality of and course. like all the shots and editing are done like with meaning to the point where oh like, boy <laughs> the shots are done like with a perspective that can only exist if the person filming it knows what she's thinking and knows what she's about to do. Oh, oh it's, no. It's upsetting. Yeah, I'll bet. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, hold on. Um, okay. So, the next part of the movie is basically Maggie... Like I said, Maggie learning that everybody hates her Mm -hmm. and her treating Ike once they start doing an official interview like her therapist, practically, Ah. where like they're talking through like, why does she do this all these times? Like, and these issues come up where like there there's like this event where it's kind of like their um, their wedding shower or like their rehearsal dinner. Maybe. Yeah, sure. And like basically everybody's roasting her. (laughs) <laughs> which is awesome and she's like taking it personally and then like richard gear like takes her aside and they talk it through about how it actually does bother her that she's a total joke mm-hmm. to everyone in the town and like they eventually do reach a point where they talk it through about like that she kind of was just becoming these guys who she was dating all the time sure like a common and, problem and the the ongoing thing that he uses is that he asks these guys in all the interviews how she likes her eggs okay and all of them say the same thing which is basically that she likes them the same way i like them uh, they don't say it in those words but that's like the thing so what a weird question to ask your interviewer yeah <laughs> your and interviewee. i think and yeah and it's like i guess we're supposed to like know that he knew that they were gonna say that sure, you know sure. it was just like a thing I'm, I'm i'm sensing the actual theme between these two is that whoever the writer is slash gary marshall uh-huh. thinks way more of richard gear than we do yes is assuming that that he's just trying to push like how awful can <laughs> i make richard gear and that how that you'd still like him just you wait man uh you oh, no. are getting there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is no. that times a hundred. I'm ready. So that's the only reason, honestly, that I'm giving so many details. Yeah, is because the end of this movie is so insane. Okay. So, so the other thing that he does with her, yeah, is he pitches to her throughout the movie a basically rom com version of love. Okay. So he like he asks, "How did you and this new guy get engaged?" And he did it mm-hmm. in a baseball game, and she thought that was great. And he's like, that sucks. I think it would be, you know. And she's like, well, what would yours be? And he, like, gives this, like, really mushy thing, like, obviously to her. Yeah. And he's like, so obviously the projection of the movie is that they're into each other, right? Yeah. And that he is basically simultaneously 
pitching a version of love that's better to her yeah. to convince her to leave her fiance for money for <laughs> so that he can get this story and get his job back yeah while kind of falling in love with her himself also wow this really sucks it's crazy <laughs> so he worms his way into her life mm-hmm. while doing her the quote-unquote favor of not putting things in the article which make her look bad oh okay. so like all the things that it's it reminded me very much of pretty woman in this way that's why i thought of it in pretty woman like yeah, you said yeah is because the only things that he does that make her like him are basically thing situations where he could have done something meaner in his mission to ruin her life to get his job back oh that is yeah yeah basically so, i could be worse but i'm not yes i so, have all the power yeah but i choose to not use it in the as maliciously as i could yeah in the one sociopathic way that i really could do yeah. the other thing that he does to make her like him yeah is that she under he understands her okay. right he sees what she's dealing with and what she's thinking about mm-hmm. and he helps her understand this process that she's been going through of becoming these guys who she's dating yeah panicking about it bailing mm-hmm. and also that she doesn't like it that she's a huge joke <laughs> <laughs> yeah to everyone in town sure which is weird because her current fiance actually does want her to try to figure out what she's into oh they talk about it yeah but he does it in a corny way so we the viewer think it sucks oh interesting lame so basically it's like richard gear is basically that but cool because he's from new york right and the small town blows as we're constantly reminded ah cool love that all of her personal problems we are led to assume just come from like uh, that she lives in a small town or whatever. Yeah. But you do slowly learn that it's actually just because she's alienated everyone. <laughs> yes. Uh, by constantly getting engaged and breaking it off. Incredible. And also flirting with her best friend's husband. Ah, that'll do it. Which is a, But she doesn't realize she's doing it. So that's the thing. She basically realizes that she's also a charming sociopath. Oh. That's the thing that you learn. So in so the, Richard Gere kind of wakes her up to the idea that like you're like me. We're both insane. Pretty much. That like what she does is she gets in a relationship, mm-hmm. um, makes the person like her by taking on their likes and dislikes and mannerisms. Um and you know she realized and richard gear basically helps her realize that she doesn't want to keep doing that oh so she's like a serial killer a little bit a little bit who doesn't yes. kill and she also, kills she kills love yes at the altar yes and also she learns that the people in her life so like her best friend for example joan are, cusack joan cusack is just putting up with this ah Everyone kind of, and it's, it is, that's the part that did actually ring true about small towns to me. Yes. Is that there are these people who like have these kinds of things, these Mm -hmm. kinds of faults and people are like, "Ah, that's just their thing. Yeah. And, and cause it's like, what are we going to do? Like I'll fight about it all the time. Right. I see you every day. Yeah. And that's like her dad's an alcoholic and everybody kind of just treats him just like, ah, that's his deal. Yep. You know, uh, (laughs) he's the alcoholic guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, everybody is just, you know, what are we going to do? Um, and so Richard Gere kind of shakes her out of that. So so that's the one good thing that he kind of d- is reveals her true nature, which is an awful nature. That's the thing that's good so far. Ah, uh-oh. So then... You're really I'm moving jerking on. me around. I know, and so, it, 
Well, like the movie so, probably is so, too. Okay, so the last third of the movie okay. is that they they do a they do the wedding rehearsal. Uh-huh. Her fiance is getting impatient with how it's all going because they got to move on with something else with their day. Sure. And he's going to coach her into visualizing the day. So he's standing behind her, walking her down the aisle, literally. This guy really loves sports. And he, yes, he does. He loves sports. Um, and he basically has Richard Gere stand in as him. Oh, no. For the, <laughs> yeah. So you can see how this is going. I'm, he basically yes. talks her through the wedding ceremony, yada, yada, yada. You now kiss the bride and they actually kiss. Oh, no. And they, it's like really long, like 10 seconds. Wow. And basically, he gets all mad, understandably. Yeah. He storms off, and Richard Gere and, and uh, Julia Roberts, in the moment, are basically like, oh, boy. So what should we do? <laughs> uh, and they basically talk each other into, I know, let's just have the wedding as planned, but with Richard Gere instead. What? <laughs> <laughs> You gotta be kidding me. So there's a that mon- cannot be the. <laughs> I know. So th- this is the point at which I will say that the movie is entertaining. Yeah. The the movie does play it up as being a wacky choice for them to make. A completely insane. And there's like a montage of them like getting to know each other, I guess, but mostly just uh-huh. having fun. Yeah. Like the first two weeks of somebody dating would be sure, uh, or maybe week, um, and so. <laughs> Basically, the wedding becomes like a media event. I'm stunned. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I did I not think too. I did not think the movie was going to take this turn. Please keep in mind, it's not even the end of the movie. Oh no, I know. This whole part doesn't even take very long. Okay. So basically, they're both excited. She's like nervous that he's going to um, basically not show up. <laughs> oh yeah. He shows up. Okay. She, like, teases everybody, like, acting like she's going to bail. Uh-huh. And then keeps walking. Okay. And then actually does bail. Oh, what? <laughs> I mean, okay. Number four. Okay. Kind of number five. Yeah, ultimately. And she leaves. And then Richard Gere chases after her, doesn't catch her. Ah. So, basically, I don't remember the exact literal thing that happens next. That is insane. It's insane. So I am stunned <laughs> still at this. Yeah. Oh, I cannot yeah. believe they shifted it to like, well, we'll just keep the same wedding. I know. And we'll just dump Christopher <laughs> Maloney on his ass. He comes to the wedding. What? <laughs> no. He's a very positive guy. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's the one part I can't imagine. Yeah. What? What? I'm, it's... I am baffled. So that... Okay, so... <laughs> What's crazy about that is so the whole thing already has a tone that it's a kind of a joke, right? Yeah. And it takes on a whole new level of that, of it being like a circus. Okay. Like, it's like a media event, like, there's just all these cars, mm-hmm. just like camera people, you know, it just becomes a whole thing. Yeah. And I'm sure Richard Gere, at least, or his boss slash ex-wife probably mm-hmm. wanted that to happen. Yes. So, basically... Um, Julia Roberts then goes on a montage of self-discovery. I think maybe they talk and then this happens. I can't remember exactly. What does this self-discovery entail? She does some jogging. She does Ah, some 
kickboxing with like Ooh. a boxing with like a heavy bag, you yep. know, mm-hmm. which she does earlier in the movie when she's mad about the article. Ah, okay. And she eats a lot of eggs. She she has every type of egg and tries ah, them all. Okay, so she can see what which way she would <laughs> which like way the eggs she to be likes made. the eggs. How do I like the eggs? Exactly. Couldn't you just? I mean, <laughs> this makes me think that she has never had eggs before until she met all of these guys. Each guy is like, "You've never had eggs. Let me show you yeah, eggs." I, yeah, that is kind of the implication. Like she's like she's egg stupid. Well, and it's crazy because I actually relate to that part of her of like. I don't have a very strong preference on sure, this. Sure, sure, sure. Honestly, if I was dating somebody who really had a strong preference about eggs and I tried them and they were pretty good, yeah. I'd be like, let's just keep doing that. <laughs> like, No complaints with these like, eggs. You like scrambled eggs with dill? Okay. Cool. cool. That was one of them. I, cool. I'm fine with that. All right. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Why not? So she tries all the eggs or whatever. Yeah. Um, Richard Gere goes on a montage of sadness, I guess. He goes back to New York. He can't be that sad. You know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he wrote an article or whatever. It was probably a big hit. He probably is working again. Okay, so here's the end of the movie. I'm ready. I'm so, so ready for this. Julia Roberts shows up at Richard Gere's apartment. Yes. And she's like, I want to get married. Let's do it. Yep. Right? And Richard Gere is basically like, no. <laughs> Okay. Or he says like I don't know. They talk for a while. She apologizes, whatever, and and yeah. then she and then she asks if she wants to marry her, mm-hmm. and he says basically, I don't know. And she's like, Okay, good. I thought you were gonna say no, or something, uh-huh. because I wanted to say this. And she says to him the thing that he originally said to her as what he thought would be a good example of a wedding proposal. Of a marriage proposal, I should say. Okay. Right? So, I'm going to run through this of why that absolutely just hit me like a ton of bricks. The whole point of the movie is that he is the only person who understands that she becomes the people that she dates. Yes. And she convinces him to marry her by literally parroting his words back to him. Oh, what? She (laughs) literally... Like... (laughs) She, they come face to face. The whole movie is basically that the two of them uh-huh. meet their mirror image and they hate it, right? <laughs> yeah. They're both charming, gorgeous sociopaths that everybody just lets get away with anything because of how good looking they are. Yeah. Okay. He basically just through force of will and needing to save his job mm-hmm. forces himself to understand another human being and what they want. <laughs> uses it against her yeah. to convince her to leave her fiance. Yep. Then uh, it, I I am overwhelmed right now. Yeah. Like she basically says in that moment to me that the way that that ending scene read to me was yeah. that she basically is openly saying to him, "I'm better at this than you." <laughs> like we both know what I'm doing and what my whole deal is. Yeah. And I bet that even you, knowing that that's my thing, I bet even you can't resist it. Wow. And I will become you. And I know that you love yourself so much uh-huh. that you will still allow me to do the thing that, you know, to become you. Yeah. And basically convince you to marry me. What in the world? <laughs> Wow, the way you described it was the most dystopic thing I could possibly think of. Yeah. That is a nightmare. It's crazy. So it works. 
and it works. they get together. They get married and they show the wedding. There's no other lines spoken for the rest of the movie. The end of the movie is her saying that and then he gets up goes over the record player puts on a record that he got her i guess that she knew that he liked or whatever and they kiss and then there's like a montage of them having a wedding what in the world no words are spoken (laughs) what the hell (laughs) is going on with this movie she just she beats him at his own game so hard that is on one hand kind of incredible yeah, admirable that they went for it, but on the other hand, they <laughs> clearly—I don't think Gary Marshall or whoever—I don't think that was their intent. Absolutely not. No, not even close. At- oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I don't it, know what to say about that. It all plays out in such a nice way. Yeah, of course. Like she, she says that line to him, and it's like it—it it is a very romantic line. Yeah. and it's like, oh, she remembered that thing that he said, but it's yeah. like that ultimately the horror of what's been, actually if you've going really been on. paying attention about what her problem actually is. Yeah, and the fact that the oh, that's the thing that drove me crazy about it is that the only thing that he had going for him, yeah, is that he knew that about her, like. She's like literally taking his only good quality apart from being funny and hot or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just manipulating I don't know what. it herself. Yeah, just like dominating it through just wow. force of will. That is so messed up. <laughs> do yeah. you do you think that the point of this movie secretly yeah. for Gary Marshall? Mm-hmm. Was, I think we're gonna, we're gonna need to dig into what Gary Marshall did by accident. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, but do you think that that his sort of like without un it maybe his unconscious point? Yeah, was to see like I know these two are charming. Yeah, we saw how great Pretty Woman was. Yep. What's the worst situation I could put them in and still succeed? Yeah, maybe. I, it's like... When did this come out? 97? 1999. 99. Yep. So... They bookended the 90s with these two movies. Wow. Um, do you, I mean, do you really... like? <sighs> to me, when you describe it... Yeah. It sounds like it is hitting all of the romantic comedy tropes that have already existed. Yes. In a way that... It, it's like getting the two worst people in the world... Yeah. To go through all of the motions... Yep. And deeming it a success. Yeah, it is. And it's like, like n- none of their problems are solved. Yeah. Like, they're both they're, still awful people. The, the fact that they... Um, he, the, he still clearly hates women yeah. in general. Oh, and yeah. she still has no idea who I she mean, is. I mean, he, she, like I said, she dares him to basically like dehumanize her forever. <laughs> and he does. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like... Um, the only thing that changed is that they really like each other. Yeah. And it's like, and they've paired off with each other. And like, presumably she got out of her town where she's a joke. And I guess he probably got his job back. And it's like, so those very surface level problems got solved. But it's like the whole like middle half of the movie is us learning that those surface problems aren't their real problems. Yeah. Like he, he at one point goes to his ex-wife and they talk about like what happened with their marriage and like, Mm -hmm. why did I screw it up or whatever? And it's like, they learn nothing. (laughs) So maybe one other thing I want to think about here. Is this 
secretly how all rom-coms are and we just haven't watched enough rom-coms to know any better or is this specific to this one that's a great question i think i've seen some i i've like forced myself over yeah, the years to I've watch seen a few some of the like more critically acclaimed rom-coms because sure. like you know when you're you're younger and you see garbage ones and you just ah they all suck and i'm like i want to know what the big deal is yeah. with some of these right yeah, totally and it's like i think some of them I don't think do it. Yeah. But I think a lot of the a lot of them do. You think that ultimately they get away with having bad characters by going through the uh by essentially checking all the boxes of of what a romantic comedy entails, it's, you know? I don't uh, I don't want to make like a a big a projection statement. on a, yeah, yeah, just because I think it is actually um I think what A lot of this is contextual to the movie itself. Yeah, I think what's impressive about this movie specifically mm-hmm. is the fact that they get away with it so hard. Got in it. In that like they made so even like Richard Gere's character for example, mm-hmm. he is such an asshole the whole movie. <laughs> and there is such an insanely short window yeah. where he isn't um like so when Julia Roberts is like worried that he's going to actually show up to the wedding, right? Yeah. That's actually pretty a a pretty long scene okay and it's like for what it is which is it could be just a throwaway line yeah but they hit it kind of hard and i think for good reason in the sense that we as the audience it's like pretty plausible that he might not yeah he's still an asshole (laughs) like it's he hasn't really redeemed himself Mm -hmm. and it's like and he just never does like the thing like so it's like i think the fact that people watch this and like paid you know it made so much money yeah and i think pe- a lot of people probably didn't think about it the way i did <laughs> i'm oh, sure almost no. nobody did probably i wouldn't have probably caught it if i wasn't taking notes sure and or maybe i would have but like um but it maybe would have hit differently i just think they they were so successful at making these people charming because mm-hmm. that's the thing that i think is perfect is that that they didn't need to like explicitly say these people are charming sociopaths yeah they just actually did that yeah yeah they actually did charm people and they actually did treat people like garbage the whole time yeah and so it's like they didn't they didn't put it as text they put it as subtext and if you pick up on the subtext yeah and like i think um the thing about those people they do trick a lot of people and this movie did trick a lot of audiences and so that's why i think like it's so like it's so you're saying it's a successful movie Maybe um, not in the way that, like, it, yeah. it goes, it kind of, it succeeds in something, even if it isn't oh, necessarily yeah. what Gary Marshall wanted. If you do, ca- if you do catch it, it's horrifying, but in- interesting. Yeah. If you don't catch it, it's fine. It's charming, nice, hot people. Yeah. You know, Got and they it. fall okay. in love at the yeah. end, and that's great. It's kind of a you win-win. Know? So it's like, they put it in there, I think, at such a subtle level that you can get whatever you want out of it. Got it. And I can't imagine wow. that a lot of other rom-coms do that. <laughs> No. I think if a different rom-com didn't have the characters change in the way that they should, mm-hmm. I think it would feel bad. Yeah, like, oh, I, for I think sure. it would be a failed rom-com. Yeah, absolutely. And so this one, I think the reason that it succeeds is because it hits those like I you know, you get what I'm saying. I do. Yeah. They hit it well enough for the level that you want to pay attention at. Yes. And they I don't know why they bothered having such a dark subtext. I don't know if it was intentional. I can't be. I think basically what happened was they took the premise mm-hmm. of two people realizing 
that they have problems that they didn't think they had right two people who at first glance are are down on their luck but actually it's kind of things that they need to work on yep and then they solved it yeah that's i think what they meant to make and they just replaced all of that with having a montage of them laughing together yes <laughs> and just assumed that that would work you get where this goes you get it you understand they got nice you see the laughing yeah that means they're fixed that means they're you, no one could pull this off for more than a week yeah <laughs> which is clearly not true right right <laughs> oh man well i after you describing that i can confidently say i will probably never watch that movie it but so, now, but also yeah. I'm so intrigued by it. So the parts that I, so like the thing of them, there's just so many parts of the movie that are just so over the top Yeah, that it is funny, almost in a meta level. You know how like in the last like five years, like all the good Saturday Night Live sketches are basically that like, it's kind of funny that they got this on TV. Yeah. That's like the whole joke. And like they put right. in so much work on this. Uh huh. That's, I think for me, the main thing that I would pitch this movie on is that even if you don't read it with a dark subtext, it's absurd. You can't believe that it actually... There's so many absurd moments. Yeah. And they play it that way. Like, they kind of know that it's, like, crazy. Got it. So it's fun. Yeah. Huh. Well... So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so ultimately... I'm really sorry about how long it took no, to explain the movie. I was enthralled. Okay, I hope everybody. I just don't it. like so like the end of uh, Burn After Reading. So what lesson did we learn? Yeah. So what lesson did we learn here? I guess uh, don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> like I just think our boy Gary Marshall. Yeah. What do we think about him from these two movies? I think so. There were a couple points when you were talking about Pretty Woman yep. that I in my brain was like, ooh, yep, mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. Like. This, it hit some similar things of like that this guy apparently, yeah, whether on purpose or by accident, don't understand why he wants to make Richard Gere such a jerk. <laughs> like what, what is Gary Marshall's deal with uh, Scoundrels with a Heart of Gold? I think, I think here's my, here's my explanation. Yeah. There's, there's that tweet. You've probably seen it. It's uh why why does a movie need to have a, a story? Is mm-hmm. it not enough to see beautiful faces huge? <laughs> yeah. That's my explanation for this. Yeah. I think he just likes seeing beautiful people and then and, and he, so he casts people that he really loves, you know, that he really wants to Yeah, I mean, but you're still he's still bothered writing jokes and stuff. Yeah, I guess I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like I, so I I truly don't know. My, I don't, I don't know I, if there's an explanation. So I'm going to describe something from Runaway Bride and see if it hits anything in Pretty Woman. Okay. So yeah. part of Runaway Bride that I thought was very interesting was that I think the movie successfully pitches an in-group and an out-group okay. that the audience can enjoy. Yeah. And that in-group and out-group is specifically... Richard Gere all the time trashing people who have very low hopes and ambitions. Ooh. And he's kind of trying to pull Julia Roberts into that, into like expanding her horizons and stuff. And he kind of doubly pitches it on being with him under the guise of, hey, maybe you should move to New York or maybe you should 
you know, whatever. Yeah. Work, yeah you yeah. should do this bigger. You should like be. Like your business. Yes, totally. And it's like, there are so many unnecessary parts of that in the movie. And it basically doesn't pay off to the point where that for me is what someone like a screenwriter or director just cannot help put into this movie all over the place or like he had like this script where this kind of happens Mm -hmm. and he just like just puked it all in there he really played up the absurdity of it in a weird way yeah and so it's like for i think it it is a little bit of a thing of pulling the audience into the prestige of new york city and being a high-powered journalist yeah right and it's like you get to feel like you're them mm-hmm. and basically it justifies their whole thing. Like it kind of justifies being a rich Hollywood movie executive who yeah. has been working since the sixties and at this point presumably has more money than God. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Well, I mean like, and I think, I think it's, it's really the work of someone who came up working and producing through these like very family friendly TV shows. Yeah. But having like a kind of a warped sensibility of what that even meant. Yeah. To me. Oh yeah. The yokels in the small towns who, yeah, exactly. Yep. And, and thinking like, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's when it's a TV show, you get the chance to explore that and like give everyone depth and character. You know, you make the fonds like, Oh, he's a cool guy, but also he has a sensitive side or whatever. Whereas with this, it's like you get like two hours tops. Yeah. And you got to just hit the things. And so I think he's so versed in in media that he's like, all right, this is how you tell a story. You just hit the things. And and it doesn't matter how likable or not they are. You like it because you're watching the movie. And he had the opportunity to put in all the subtext that he probably couldn't before. Because like there's nobody in the gomer pile tv show uh yeah represents gary marshall right no for sure yeah (laughs) you know who you can like and you can't have crass jokes or prostitutes right um (laughs) yeah that's true i guess kind of letting him flex a little bit gives him the ability to you know go into the world of you know like writers and uh, high-powered executives and all this stuff and so explore their deal yeah and so so maybe just inevitably getting into these types of people that he hasn't done before he kind of stepped in it in terms of like well i got i didn't think about the class yeah because he doesn't he didn't have class on the brain no i mean we have it on the brain because yeah. we're us in 2020 yeah. but you know he just did it because he was like these are the people i know finally yeah finally, <laughs> finally. i don't have to i don't have to like pretend to relate to laverne and or shirley yeah <laughs> Exactly. I can relate to the rich guy. Yes. The rich guy who gets the girl in the end. That's it. That's got to be it. And I think I think he does, in both of the movies, pitch his position as being something that is um, relatable and excusable yeah. and doesn't have to really change. Yeah. You know? like, That's true. Wow. Because like Richard Gere in Runaway Bride, for yeah. example, he if anything does an even worse job as a journalist yeah he ingratiates himself into the subject of his article in such an unethical way (laughs) that he causes things to happen and yeah he creates a story basically yeah 
to the most extreme degree ever. Oh probably. man! And and in Pretty Woman, he also. I mean, just. I mean, what's the nicest thing he does? I guess is he uh, does the finance guy thing in a slightly nice way now. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he decides to make a bunch of money in a different way. Yeah, cool. I guess in this in in Runaway Bride, he does the, all the same thing, but probably he likes women now. Well, he, he probably likes, still lies all the time. He likes the one woman. He likes yeah. He likes one of them. Yeah. He likes the hottest one he's ever ah, met. Ah, at least one woman <laughs> I can get behind. There's one woman that's hot enough. The one that that parrots my words back to me. Yes. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally, what everything I my wanted. My dream woman. <laughs> me. Me. <laughs> but but a as girl. a woman. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. So. Yeah, I think. Um, I think you know, we obviously love to pick apart why these movies are not to be all like cracked lists from five years ago, but right. why they're secretly insane or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Gary Marshall, probably not a huge no. jerk. He probably is nice. Probably a cool dude. But he... Paul F. Tompkins is a great impression of him on Comedy Bang Bang. Nice. He's just a, I'm Gary Marshall. <laughs> I'm responsible for all these wonderful things. <laughs> but it is very weird. Yes. Oh, it's so weird. To want to tell the story more than once of... I think the charming rich guy was actually right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we could just say they don't age well. That's it. There we go. I think that's fair. They just don't age well. There's, There's nothing about different Runaway Brides specifically that, that would age weirdly. Yeah. Other than that people are onto it, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, if I was my age in 1999, I, think, yeah. I would not be thinking about right. class structure. Ultimately, I just think that, that the dynamics of you're just thinking about dynamics and how they yes. interact with other people. And stuff. Yes. We're just thinking a lot more, not just about class and power. Yeah. But, but just interactions are different now and yeah. seeing it and seeing it, how they used to be, you know, powerful media guys have not had a good three years <laughs> in terms of public relations. <laughs> three more like, you know, like all 20 of those years. Like, well, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, but the last few, especially. Absolutely. Um, yeah, pretty weird. Uh, <laughs> it it probably doesn't work as well as a, a vessel for fantasy anymore. Nope, definitely not. The illusion has been shattered for everybody, I think. Yeah. Which is probably good. I'm okay with that, yeah, ultimately. It's better that way, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Final thought. Um, uh, do we recommend the movies? See Pretty Woman. I haven't seen, seen Pretty, Pretty Woman in a long time. I remember thinking it was not well, bad. Well worth watching. It is very interesting, and it will tell you exactly what you need to know about why the two of them are stars. Yep. Actually, same with this one. They're both likable. I it's. I feel like they went way more over the top with it wacky. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that maybe undercuts it. Sure. So they're not as so you hot. would So you would recommend Runaway Bride? To I watch. would recommend Runaway Bride if the things that I've described to you sound interesting so far. I know that's a huge <laughs> cop-out. It is a huge cop-out. But like... It is a rom-com. Yep. It's like, so like Pretty Woman, I think is hotter than this movie. There's nothing about Arnoy Bride that's hot, if that makes sense. It's really not sexy at all. Got it. They talk a lot about how the people are good looking. Yeah. But it's mostly just like boring, small more... town, middle-aged women fawning over Richard uh-huh. Gere. Got that's it. like the closest that the movie gets to being hot. Got it. That makes sense. So it's much more. Also, uh, middle-aged and Julia Roberts was like 30 at that point. No, I mean the other characters. No, I know. It's just but weird yeah. to think about that. Like, it is weird. She was 30. Yeah. And he was what? Like almost 50, 50 something. Yeah. Still weird. <laughs> yeah. Weird pairing. Yep. Anyway, 
That's they didn't I... do another one. So <laughs> Sony must have got too old. Actually, I think it's because Rich, they didn't do another one. Probably because Richard Gere started talking about China a lot. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Everyone got mad at him because he was talking about Tibet all the time. <laughs> he hasn't done like a, an American thing since like 2008. The truly only way <laughs> to ruin your career. Yeah. Get into international politics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>